Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. Why wear shoes or socks when you can parade around in the oldest piece of footwear in history to showcase your unwashed, unkempt foot? Now that's what I call a bunion. When you walk into a room, not only do you make a strong fashion statement, you also bring the aroma of stale corn chips. I hope he brought some chili dip. Even with the adversity of yellow toenails, four-inch toe hair, cheese in between your toes, you still rock the Air Jerusalem like a boss. <laughs> so crack open a cold Bud Light, Mr. Tower of the Toe Jam. You remind us all why we wear shoes every day. Mr. Air Jerusalem Sandal Wearer. And Oscar Bush. St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, what's going on? It's Christian Rodriguez, and it is time for the C-Rod Podcast for Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. The great one. Bringing us in. God bless Tom Petty. He has made this show one time before. God, probably a year and a half ago. Somewhere around there. But man, Tom Petty, he was a great one. You could tell he was hanging around with George Harrison a little too much at this time. <laughs> He's got a sitar in the damn song. This was a great video, too, man. You know, the big teacups and all that shit. It was freaking freaky. Wouldn't have wanted to watch that one on acid. <laughs> there was a point there where I used to go see Tom Petty every year at what I always call the E-Center. It was the E-Center when I used to go. Then it was the Tweeter Center. Then it was the fucking the B-Center and the C-Center and the Tartar Control Center, whatever the fuck they call it now. It was the E-Center to me. But I used to go and watch them like every year. <laughs> what a good time it always was. One time, one year we went there, and a fucking fight broke out. I could see a fight breaking out at like, you know, like uh, a metal concert, you know, <laughs> in a mosh pit or a hip-hop or something like that. Who the fuck fights at a Tom Petty concert? Ser- like, Seriously. Uh, if only Tom knew that. He'd be turning over in his grave right now. Poor Tom. <laughs> he was great. Wait a minute. Is anybody speaking of which, is anybody from the Traveling Wilbury still alive? You got George Harrison gone, Tom Petty gone, Roy Orbison gone. Oh no, Bob Dylan's still alive. Who else was in that fucking band? Jeff Lynn, he's still alive. But still, a lot of people dead from that band. <laughs> Good to be back with you guys as always, and we are looking outside right now as what is known in this part of the spring is now known as the pollening. Jesus Christ. I don't remember. See, when I had allergies, when I, you know, I told you guys I had allergies when I was a kid, I don't anymore. Thank God. 
any of you battling allergies right now, I fucking feel for you, man. That That is just, it's a miserable, miserable however long it fucking lasts. For me, it was about, I don't know, two weeks. But I never noticed this much fucking pollen. I think it's been like increasing since, well, what hasn't been increasing since 2020? It, it seems like in 2020, like all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we just get showered with this powder bath of this shit. The reason why I hate it is because I wash my car every Saturday. So now for like the next three weeks, there's no point. <laughs> there's, what's the point of washing my car? It's like, I'll go out there right now. Now my car is dark gray. And right now it's more of like a, like a urine color. Because <laughs> it's covered in fucking pollen. So if I take it over there and I go wash it, then then, then what? And in 10 minutes, it's going to look the same way. There's there's no... The only reason why I would do it is for my wheels and my tires. Other than that, like, there's no fucking point. And this is also the time of the year. The little island of grass right next to my car. And somebody's going to come up with a goddamn weed whack. <laughs> and fucking knock the shit all over my cleanly washed car. And I'll have a little, little grass shrapnel to, to, to run around with. Can't win, man. Can't I have a, a perfectly clean car for like more than two days around here anymore? How's going on with that? All right. So let me grab my shit. See what's on the menu for you guys today. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I got a dad story. <laughs> a story about my dad. Not me being a cat dad. And before I even get started with that, I just it just popped into my head. How special is this guy gets treated? I went to Target. All right, I had to get him litter. And typically, what I do, he has he has two bags. He has two litter boxes, so I'll just grab two seven pound bags of litter. And I, you know, when it's time to completely empty, not just scoop it up to completely empty it and change it, I'll I'll do that. So I had to go get him. You know, two little seven-pound bags of litter, right? I go into the Target. I walk in. They don't have the seven-pound bag. They only had... Now, I don't like to use, like, the box litter that's, like, you know... Uh, I don't even know what material is. The shit that clumps... I'm not a clump guy. I don't like that shit. Give me the clay stuff, you know? Way easier to clean. The only thing they had of that was... A, it was, like, a 62-pound bag that was on the bottom shelf. I'm like, I am not lugging that fucking thing. It ain't having it. So, I'm like, I'm looking for an alternative now. Now, the same brand... Had these little his little bag of crystals. It wasn't like litter. It was more of like a like a crystal type of thing. You ever see this phase? This 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 craze that's coming out. And they were eight pounds. I'm like, eh, perfect. All right, I'll just do a little substitute this time. You know, so I grabbed the two bags. Right? I gotta go get all these other little items that I got. I gotta ring myself up, right? I I, I ring up the first bag of litter. Thirty two dollars. Thirty two dollars. Had to get two of them. <laughs> I fucking rang the second one up and said like 6533 oh, Jesus Christ my cat's got a goddamn brass toilet the fuck you know treat it like a king that cat is anyway back to my dad's story <laughs> so <laughs> I can laugh about this now because he's no longer with us and actually well it, it actually was funny <laughs> when it was happening but it was one of those oh that's a shame but oh man that's fucking funny my dad, like, towards in his 60s, like, that's when he really started falling apart. Now, like, like right before the brain injury, he had all the, you know, with the quadruple bypass and the aneurysm and the colon, uh, the, uh, the, the, the prostate cancer, all the fucking shit that he had. 
So he had some parts, you know, <laughs> like falling apart, you know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure his, you know, I'm sure his, uh, his, his bladder was the size of a cantaloupe because in the last, like, three years that he, you know, like pre-brain injury, like once he had the brain injury, he couldn't play golf anymore. Like it was it. It was over. And like the last three years, like that we were playing golf, like he, my dad, <laughs> it got to a point where like it was borderline. I'm like, dad, you got to kind of like reel this in. He would, he would just whip it out anywhere, anywhere and, and, and piss. Like <laughs> he did not fucking care. Like if you're at your home course, now he, he was a member at Medford Lakes at the time. If, if, if you're at your home course and, and you want to whip it out and piss, you know, everybody knows everybody. Hey, look, there's, there's Charlie's pissing over there. You know, no big deal. But at least, at least try to get behind a tree or something. You know, maybe stand in like the middle of the fairway. <laughs> you know, I'm doing my pre-shot routine and I and I hear little little, little tinkles going on the goddamn grass. Look, Dad, what are you doing? You can't just whip your dick out. Why the fuck not? He would do it anywhere. Too. Not just a golf course. I'm talking about like you'd be in Target parking lot. He's out there and pissing. Dad, Dad that's you're exposing yourself. That's like a crime. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, at least he didn't do it. I don't think he did anyway. I don't think he ever did it, like, you know, like indoors. Maybe he did. I don't know. But, like, it, it was it was crazy. I'm like, Dad, you can't. I, listen, listen, pal. I, I understand your equipment is not working the way that it should. You know, and you, you can't hold it the way you used to. But you make an effort, you know. Like, it got to a point where it's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to whip this shit out. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> so then he got to a fucking point, right? Now this is this is what actually the funny thing is is that the the, the punchline to this story actually is what uncovered that he had something wrong with his colon, which led to them cutting his colon, which led to the botched extrapolation, which led to his brain injury ultimately. And he would just, dude, I mean, like, <laughs> man, even afterwards, I guess when he had, like, that piece of his colon cut off, like, he had no, there was no warning. <laughs> there was no warning from his bowels or his colon. Like, he once he f- had the urge, he had about 30 seconds to get to the nearest toilet. Or it was going to be a fucking mudslide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he, oh man, like the later later in his life, the calls I would get, I fucking shit myself. <laughs> like oh god, like I'm I'm laughing, but I'm not, you know. Now rewind back to I would say probably, I want to say twenty years. It's, it had to be twenty years, the last twenty years that he played golf. That is, my dad was a maniac, as you guys all know, when it came to playing golf and things that he did he every single year he'd buy new clubs he had new this i got a new driver i got a new wedge i got a new fucking shoe i got a new yeah i got all this shit right every year it was it was, it was the same and he would probably get a new bag like every two years right and, but for some reason he had this one blue towel that he had attached to every golf bag that he had because you know you bring a towel out there because you want to clean your clubs as you're going you don't want like dirt and you know grass and shit getting in the club face it can affect you know spin that you could put on the ball and shit like that so you got to make sure your clubs are clean so he would take this blue towel and he would just like dip it into the pond so he had it wet so he can like clean you know his clubs all the time and for some reason no matter no matter like if he changed bags if he changed clay 
he always kept that blue towel. This thing was like 20 years old. It was crusty. You know, it's like, dude, just put a new towel in the goddamn bag. What are you doing? So I'm like, Dad, why don't you change the fucking towel? You know what I mean? Now you've had that thing for how long? He's like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's sentimental to me at this point. You know, it's been with me for 20 years. I figured, you know, I just never switched it. Then it got to a point where it was like part of me. I'm like, we're talking about a towel here. <laughs> you know? So anyway. The last course, now he was a member at the course that I was at. He and I, you know, were members there for like two years for his last, his last hurrah at golf, which I'm glad that that happened because like, you know, I always went to his course and I was never a member anywhere. Now we were both members. We could both play whenever the hell we wanted, which was great. And he, before that, he was a, a member at Medford Lakes over in Jersey. So my dad had the life. He, he worked from home before working from home was a thing. And every day he would work until like noon. And then he'd go to the golf course. <laughs> like, it must be nice, you know, getting paid for a full day, you know, and half of it you're spending on the golf course. So whenever he was on his way home, you know, he would go during the week, he would he would call me on the way home. We would just talk about golf or talk about anything, you know. And whenever he called or if I called him, the way that we answered the phone, we would just like, I would see it's my dad. I'd pick it up. i go, yo. He would go, yo, <laughs> you know. He didn't do that this time. What? <laughs> oh, this is fucking fantastic. He called me up one time. He's on his way home from the golf course. And I, I pick up the phone. I'm like, yo. And he's like, the blue towel has been retired. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What happened? You know? I'm like, did you lose it? Did it blow away? Did it fall off your bag while you're driving on the cart? What could have happened to the blue towel to the point where it's, where it's retired? I thought this was a sentimental thing to you. I got to know what happened to this goddamn towel. What happened? He's like, well, you know, he's like, I, I decided, he was like, I was only going to play nine. He's like, so I wanted to play the back nine. I'm like, all right, what happened to the towel? And he would always get into his round. <laughs> Like, I gave a shit. <laughs> He'd be like, well, I was on 10. You know, I, I pushed my drive a little bit. and it was in, I'm like, Dad, what happened to the towel? I don't need to know your scorecard up until the point where the towel went poof. What happened? This is serious. He's like, all right, well, I get to 13, right? Now, on, on the 13th hole at Medford Lakes, you, you, you tee off, like, out of a chute, meaning... Like the tee box is set all the way back in like this hallway of trees, and you kind of have to hit it out of the chute, like into into the open. And he's like, "I got the 13 tee," and I, I, he's like, "I just, I, I, I almost shit myself." I went, "Wait, wait, what?" <laughs> he's like, "I had to go in the fucking trees." I'm like, "Wait a minute." I'm like, "You just dropped trout and 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 just squat. You didn't go like into the wooded area. You just sat on the tee box and <laughs> dropped the deuce." Am I getting this right? He's like, no, I went off like, you know, kind of this side. I'm like, okay, let, let me ask you this. If another cart drove up, would they see you shitting? <laughs> you know? Anyway, he's like, I had nothing. He was like, I, and, and he's like, that 13th hole was the furthest point from the clubhouse possible. <laughs> like on, on that golf course. He's like, I had no choice. He's like, I had to, I had to use the towel. I don't fucking wipe my hand. I went, oh my God. Like that towel was so goddamn legendary that that was how it was put to death. Like that's how it was put to sleep. 
That, you know, apparently that towel had so much sentimental value. No? <laughs> that you could have just maybe used your shirt instead? No? Isn't like that important? <laughs> he did, man. He just fucking, he whipped it out or he dropped his pants and just did whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck. Man, I wonder if I get to be that age where I'm just going to do the same thing. <laughs> you always hear about that old guy exposing himself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why, you know, maybe our bladders don't give us that much notice. I mean, right now I, it's, uh, at 45, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I ain't going to make it. The shit I talk about on this show, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, you know, maybe when I'm 70 years old, I'm going to be, fuck it. My dick's out. Piss might come out of it at any given time. There's going to be no rhyme or reason in what direction it goes in. So I don't know, duck or, or fucking prepare when you see me coming. Cause my dick is going to be out. Anyway, I was <laughs> was listening to the Pete and Sebastian show the other day. And I'll tell you, man, you know, God bless him. God bless Sebastian because he's, you know, not just doing stand-up comedy. This guy's like doing serious fucking movies, you know. He was in, you know, he was in Green Book. The first movie he was in, Green Book, won a fucking Oscar. <laughs> he was in The Irishman the following year, was nominated for 11 Oscars. Now he's doing this one where De Niro's playing his dad. It's going to be called About My Father. That looks pretty funny. But on that episode, they were talking about how he did the Super Mario Brothers movie. He was actually offered the part of Mario, and they, they, they didn't use him for it. But they did use him for like a different, you know, just a little shit side character. So they got into talking about that. And then I thought about it. Like, have you ever really thought about the, I don't want to say the plot, but the whole gist of Super Mario Brothers? And, and where it is and that you, you, if you really take a deep dive into it there's a reason why there's a mushroom that makes you grow into a giant in that fucking thing because that whole game is a goddamn fantasy land <laughs> I mean think about it let's think about this for a second let's be logical alright this, this is basically some Asian on mushrooms created this <laughs> there's just no there's no question about it because if you look at it the whole thing is centered around a princess right then, then you got that little toad thing, whatever the fuck that is. It's got a mushroom hat on. I don't know what it is, right? And then there's and there's these evil characters in in this sh in this game show movie, whatever you want to call it, okay? And they're big ass turtles with spikes coming out of their fucking shell. <laughs> you know, you got these little oompa loompa like mushroom things that you got to kind of step on. And then and then and then you have a, just a regular turtle, a regular turtle that's so dangerous. That it, it, you, if you touch it, you die on contact. Now these evil characters, right, wielding themselves through fire and dungeons and castles, are like you know grunt turtle creatures, you know, like these mute these mutant turtle creatures. All right, and they decide they want to kidnap the human princess, and what they successfully do so. So now the princess has to be saved. Somebody has to be called in to do this, okay? Whether it be, uh, you know, a superhero or a vigilante or a mercenary, or, you know, or, or a war hero. Somebody's got to come in here and take out all these hallucinogenic characters that were created by this agent that ate mushrooms. So who did they call in to save the princess? A little fucking Italian plumber and his brother. <laughs> what? <laughs> the guy had to be on mushrooms to concoct 
this entire fantasy land to begin with. Oh, it's a little five foot two Italian plumber. He's going to save the princess. But first, let him eat a mushroom so he grows to be big and strong. So he could, like, what was this guy thinking? He, he sits back, takes some mushrooms, creates the princess, creates a little toad thing, creates the whole world with all the Oompa Loompas and the turtles and things. Who's going to be hero of this story? I got it. We do little Italian plumber. What? Doesn't make no goddamn sense. You know what I'm saying? And think about it for a second. One trip, one mushroom trip created an entire franchise that's been around for the last 35 fucking years. <laughs> the revenue that you can get from just one little Italian plumber. He can go save the princess. You know, he can go he can go plumb. He can drive a cart. Nothing this guy can't do. He can grow a raccoon tail, kind of float through the air a little bit. Shoot fireballs out of his hand. This guy's a freaking hero. Mario is. <laughs> it's it's. I just don't think that people actually take the time to actually think about what they're really looking at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was a kid playing Super Mario Brothers and Mario 2 and Mario 3 and Super Mario World and all the other bullshit, I did not think for one second that that, that, that was any anywhere out of the ordinary. <laughs> that a little Italian plumber is in, in, in this fantasy world. And how America just fell in love with this little guy. Let's get behind Mario. <laughs> I'll have to do that for the rest of the Nintendo games. Because this was created in Japan. And this is and this is the shit that they came up with that I don't think people pay attention to. Craziness, I tell you. But I'm up against a break here. Alright, got some got some fun stuff on the other side, as always. That's fucked up. Get off my lawn. And what was that gonna be about today? Uh, one's a commercial, and I think <laughs> that's fucked up. There's another another character that has, that has reemerged yet again, and, and the guy just won't go away. But I'll get into that and a whole lot more on the other side. Make sure you keep it locked right here on the C-Rod Podcast. Back in a flash. Hey guys, Christian here. And you still haven't gotten that home improvement job done yet? For that, I got two questions for you. One, what are you waiting for? And two, what's the biggest investment that regular people like you and me are going to make in their lifetime? Of course, it's going to be their home, right? It's a 30-year commitment. You're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and you always want to protect that investment, but you also want to enhance that investment and make it look as good as you possibly can in and out. And that is where my friend Chris Jackson comes in. I've been telling you about this guy for two years. He's the leader of his industry. Nobody is better in the Philadelphia area. You can trust me when I tell you that. And essentially, he's a one-stop shop because there's nothing Chris can't do. He'll do general and custom carpentry, custom design, custom built-in cabinetry, high-end custom-built tables and chairs, elegant staircases, high-end home bars, refinishing basements. There's nothing this guy can't do, and he does it better than everybody else. And he said something to me one time that made so much sense when you speak to quality. He said, if you want to get your kitchen redone for $7,000, I'm not the guy you want to call. And that really stood out to me when it comes to quality in his field, because he knows the game. 
He knows if somebody's going out there looking for the cheapest price possible, you're going to get some shady contractor who's going to use poor materials, he's going to have shoddy labor, and then you're going to call him back in two years when everything falls apart and get the same thing done again. Then two years later, get the same thing done again. Two years later, get the same thing done again. When you could have just called Chris the first time and got it done right the first time. When you call Chris Jackson... He is going to use the top quality materials with precision labor, and he's going to get it done right the first time. It's going to be built to last. It's going to be built with class. I told you before, this guy was never around in the summertime on the weekends because he was outside hustling, perfecting his craft. And now 20 years later, he's at the top of his industry, and he's at the top of his industry for a reason. Like I told you before, go to his website, cjacksoncontractors.com. His Facebook and Instagram page are linked to that website, and you can see all the work that he posts every day. And every single day, this kid blows my mind. So what are you going to do when you need your next project done? You're going to call my buddy, Chris. Action Jackson, C. Jackson Contractors, the Cadillac of contractors, cjacksoncontractors.com. Call Chris today. Tell him I sent you. All right, welcome back to the C-Rod Podcast. The Lisa, Lisa, and the Colt Jam. They were sneaky good in the 80s. They had like three or four hits. My sister was a really big fan of that. But, yeah, they were cool. This is probably, God, this reminds me of like third grade. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But anyway. Two quick things that that I, I wanted to get into here before I get started because I forgot to say it, but, you know, in the first segment there, but I hope you guys enjoyed the new Bud Light commercial. And that's pretty much going to be the way it's going to be, you know, moving forward, as I said the first time. I'm going to make them when I can. You know, it's not going to be every week there's going to be a new one, but I want to get get up to like a stable of like, you know, a, a, a large handful of them so I can just like rotate them through the week so you can kind of guess which one it's going to be. Much like you did when those commercials were actually on. You remember that? Like whenever you would hear like the, the drum fill in the beginning of Bud Light Presents. I'm like, oh, what, which one's this going to be? <laughs> you know? <sighs> it's just funny. And no, I am not ripping off of Bud Light because I actually write these commercials. All right? I'm just using their template, which which was a template that should have never went away. It was it was one of the greatest commercial campaigns of all time. Right? So I'm fucking doing it. Now, pardon the, you know, there's, there's 42 people mowing their fucking lawn now outside so if you hear those in the background which you probably don't because i always do but just in case you do and the second thing before i get started <laughs> was actually about my dad and i thought about this i'm just going to share like a little quick inside joke he and i had and I, I have no idea why i have so many stories about my dad and taking shits it's just weird <laughs> if, if it's not that it's a tooth in his ass or it's something else but I, this was an inside joke that we had because we were living together at, at the at the time. I, I was like 20 or 21, somewhere around there. And I, I, I was in the shower. <laughs> I'm in the shower and I, I just get in. I, I, I was in there for no longer than two minutes. All right, my dad comes home. And, and like I heard the front door open like he came in like a bat out of hell. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know? And then next thing you know, I hear the bathroom door open. I'm like, oh, 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 I'm fucking in here there, gay. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And he he's like, dude, I got to take a shit. I'm sorry. And I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm in the fucking shower. You can't, you're going to be. Oh. And my dad. Now, I don't know if this is the way that it is. <laughs> I don't know if this is the way that it is for everybody when they were like growing up. But my dad, it was like when I was growing up and even into like adulthood, I, I used to think my dad used to eat toxic waste. The fucking shit that came out of him. Like, it, it, he, when, he redefined the term blow up a bathroom. Like, it would be like Chernobyl when he would leave a fucking bathroom, <laughs> you know? And I'm in the goddamn shower, and I got, I, I not only am I in the shower, but it, 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 there's steam, and it's like hot. It's, it's hot shit. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and what am I going to do? I'm naked in the shower. I can't run away. I'm like, I'm stuck there. I am basically being hot boxed by my dad. No sooner than 30 seconds after he entered that bathroom, he crop dusted the entire. Fu- it was, it was, it was unbearable. It was unbearable. I'm like, and so here's what the inside joke was. I'm like, Dad, I'm like, I'm not even getting clean in here <laughs> because of what you're doing. Oh man, you, my God, he was he was toxic. Some people have toxic personalities, you know. He's got toxic waste inside of him. I don't know what the hell that guy used to eat. What's that smell? That smell, Bob, is our shit. Fokker flushed the toilet in the den, so the septic tank is overflowing. Whew. <laughs> so, what do I want to get started with here? Oh. I I have TV shows that, like, I never really, like, ever tuned into the new episode or anything they're, they're kind of like you know like background noise type of shows that you'll just watch if there's nothing else on to kill the time like that show bar rescue i, I told you guys about yeah you should be ashamed of yourself like I, I would i would watch that every now and again but i didn't get into like the new episodes and shit it was just like a time killer and i had a couple shows like that and one of them i saw the other day that i hadn't seen in years it had to be seven eight years you know since i had seen this show and it's a it's the parking wars show you ever seen this Basically, what they do is they follow a parking authority around for the day, so you can kind of see a day in the life of them writing tickets and the and, and the characters that they would run into, and things like that. Now, what made me laugh when I first saw this show was that it's exclusively filmed in Philadelphia. Why? Because Philadelphia has the most aggressive parking authority in the country, and it's not a secret. You know, if you ever lived or worked in Philadelphia, you know damn right and well that you can't fuck around. Like, if you if you fuck around, you're going to find out. See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. That's just the way the PPA works. And the funny thing is, is the people who are like, the, the people who do this kind of shit, they're repeat offenders. And they know how the system works, yet they still continue to do it. And they think they're going to argue their way out of it. One time I was coming home. I used to play at Paddywax on Comley Road every Wednesday night. And I was coming home one night and, and I, I didn't even I wasn't even aware of this. It was just me I don't know, I just fucking had a brain fart, but my registration it had expired. And I you know, and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, and I would drink. You know, I would drink while while I was playing. I wouldn't get hammered, you know, but like I I, I had some drinks, you know. Well I, I had a few Chardonnays, what of it? And I'm I'm driving down and I, I I'm I'm on the boulevard, and I got pulled over. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I was at a red light because like the, I was at a red light. The cop came up behind me 
the light turned green. I, I just went to go drive and then he just pulled me over. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? You know? So he pulled me over. He told me your registration expired. I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll get it fixed. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what? They, they, he fucking impounded my car. The guy was a dick. He was just looking, you know, he was looking for something, you know? Like, and, and this was in Philly. This was probably like 2011, somewhere around there. Like now, like they don't even pull you over for traffic stops anymore. Like that's not even a thing. He pulled me over for that. Impounded my car. I had to call Jay at 2.30 in the morning. He came and picked me up. Now, here's 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 the, the process for anybody who hasn't dealt with this. You don't want to deal with this. Trust me when I tell you. If, if you go into Philadelphia, obey the fucking rules because it, it, they make it a goddamn nightmare for you to get your car <clears throat> or, or anything else like that. So I had to go down to 8th and Spring Garden. And there's no rhyme or reason to anything that they do down there. Like, you don't get a court date. You don't get a time. You don't get nothing. You show up and you wait. That's what you do. So we get into this fucking joint. And God bless Jay because he went through a fucking nightmare with me that day. And he didn't even have to. But So we get into the goddamn joint, right? And the whole fucking place, there was 500 people in there. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You know? So it's like, all right, here's the line. Go wait the fucking line. <laughs> So we're waiting, 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 waiting. We must have waited in this line for an hour. We finally get to the front. You know, I, you know, I tell her what the hell, you know, who I am and all that. I give her all the accoutrement of who I am, what I did, why I'm here. She goes, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go, go, go wait in that line. I said, whoa, 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 wait in what line? She goes, go wait in that line over there. I said, for what? She said, they're going to give you a paper. I said, what the fuck did I wait here for? She's like, you waited here to check in. Now they're going to go process this. I'm like, what the fuck? Here we go with the Philadelphia system bullshit. So we go in the other line, wait, 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 wait. Okay, all right, now go into that line. Go into this line for what? I just waited in two lines for two hours. Why do I got to go wait in another fucking line? Well, you got to get your papers, find out what courtroom you're in, blah, blah, blah. Hold on a second. Why do we got to have separate lines for little tiny mundane details? Why don't we all just put them all together? Well, anyway, what's that argument going to do? They're not going to change a goddamn thing. And that's what these people need to realize. Everybody starts an argument like... Like, whatever they're going to do is set in stone. You are not going to change anybody's mind. You're not going to talk your way out of it. You're not going to, you know what I'm saying? Everybody thinks they're Johnny Cochran in that goddamn place, you know? So I, I go wait in the other fucking line. They finally get me in my courtroom. I've already been there three hours. All right, now I go down to the courtroom. I walk into the courtroom. There's 500 fucking people in there waiting to get fucked. Oh, God, right? So we wait, 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 wait. Then she finally calls my name. Look. You know, I fucked up. I had a bad registration. You know, wh what do I need to do? Now, you got to keep in mind, I, I had to wait for 500 other people to go up there and be like, yo, this is fucked up. They gave me a ticket and shit. Hey, I was only 15 minutes past the meeting. My baby mama called me up. We got into an argument. I was late back, get back to my car. This is you people just trying to hurt people. This is some bullshit. Like, all that song and dance is not going to fucking quell the, the, the issue that you were brought in there for. Whatever it is, you're fucking guilty. Just take it on the chin and God and pay whatever the fuck it is you got to pay and get the fuck out of here. Every single person had an argument. Everyone. And 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 you know it wasn't their first rodeo. They've been in there a million fucking times. You know? And it's just like just the fuck just fucking shut the fuck up so we can get out of here. So finally you get to me. I'm like, yeah, it's just registration. I fucked up. It was past due. I just tell me where to go to pay it. I was the fir the first person in the room to actually say that. So she goes, all right, yeah, you can get on a payment plan or you can pay. I said, I'm paying in full. I don't ever want to see people again, you know. So I so now I go make the payment. Now I gotta go get in line to go get a paper 
to go into the room to wait in line to make a payment. So I go wait for like a half hour in that line. Then I go into the room to make a payment. There's 500 people that are waiting to make a payment. I'm like, Dave really just, God, like how, how anybody could be a repeat offender for this kind of shit. You, you, you have to be just, I don't know. You, you gotta have some kind of fucking mental issue. So I wait, 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 wait. I finally paid the thing. They gave me my, my, you know, my voucher so I can go to the impound lot and grab my car. Oh, it only took four and a half hours. That's fucking fantastic. Let's go get my car. We're, we're done. All right. Yeah. No. Got to the impound lot. There was 500 fucking people waiting to get there. I'm like, oh, my, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now we waited like two hours in that line we were there for like six it was a whole the whole thing but with commute and the whole nine was like a seven and a half hour event the poor jay like he, he had no skin in the game he was he, he was basically my ride so anyway this fucking parking war show okay they they basically follow two people who drive around and put boots on cars all day, and then they follow like the foot soldiers who like. Because here's the thing: like, if you're in Philadelphia and you and you are either in a no park zone, or if you are a uh, you didn't feed a meter, or your meter is expired, you have a, you have a maximum of ten minutes before you get a ticket because they have foot soldiers and they're assigned to blocks. So all they do is walk the same block all day looking for people fucking up, and they're going to find you. It, this is not a secret. This has been, the, you know, since the beginning of time. As a matter of fact, it's so known that they're the only fucking place they film this goddamn show. And it's just fun to watch because you watch people going through the same process that I went through. Like, I put myself in their shoes. They'll show them at, at, at 8th and Spring Garden with the bullshit. They'll show them at the impound lot with the bullshit. And I was like, I was fucking there, man. <laughs> I'm like, that fucking blows. But the thing is, is like, you know, like, they, they the, just... The confrontations that you would run into with people. There was this one foot soldier. It looked like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, fuck you. And he was at this corner shop. It was called Major Wing Lee Grocery. And it was, I think, I think they were. It's somewhere around like I want to say like Callow Hill. It's somewhere in that in that you know vicinity. And that corner market, there was it right on the corner. Okay, it's like people go to get hoagies there and shit. It's one of the, like a little, it's a little like you know Asian bodega slash deli, and you would just go in there and get hoagies. So anyway, there was a parking spot at the corner with a, with a huge sign that said no parking, right? And there's a handicap ramp like on the corner. So this Eddie Murphy dude's like he's like this is the block they assigned me and like this place is notorious like these people go and pick up their food and they and uh, and they park right in the you know they park right in front of the store in the no parking spot and I I pop them every time you know it's like they never learn so he they, they showed like six people that that did it and they all came out he's like what the fuck no like they always come up to him while they're writing the ticket yo 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 no that's a fucking bullshit man I'm fucking I'm just picking up my hoagie the car's running he was like yeah you didn't see that no parking sign. He's like, oh, and by the way, he's like, I'm hooking you up right now because not only are you parked in a no parking spot, but you're also blocking a handicap ramp. I'm actually hooking you up by giving you one tick. Man, this is some bullshit, man. You see, you guys, you people got nothing better to do than the right. I'm like, 
Actually, no, they don't have anything better to do because it's your job. <laughs> I love when they say, oh, you people ain't got anything better to do. No, <laughs> they, they don't. Their, their, their job is the primary fucking you know, job responsibility is to write tickets. So, yes, no, they don't have anything better to do there, Skippy. Sorry. You know, I don't know what to tell you. you know, have, have, a, have a glass of milk, have a cream soda, relax. You know? There was this one girl, and she's and she's all yelling at the fucking guy. You know, she she had bad inspection stickers, and she was parked. You know, she didn't feed a meter, and she's flipping out on him like it's his fault. Like, uh, get your car inspected, and maybe feed a meter when you park in front of it, and you won't get these tickets. But they get the ticket, and then they get all argumentative. You know, she's like, you know, you need to get a new fucking job. Your job fucking sucks. You need to get a new fucking job. It's like, okay, well, if that guy goes and gets a new job, what do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna fucking fill the job with somebody else. Like, their arguments are so flimsy. It's like, you fucked up. <laughs> Plain and simple. You fucked up. Sorry. <laughs> I fucked up. Unreal. But it's funny. It's it's just funny. It's funny to watch, for sure. Because, like, just, this fucking bullshit, man. It's like, you know what you did. And you know this is the most aggressive parking authority. You are not going to argue your way out of this. And that's always what they do. They always try to argue your way out of it. It just cracks me up. Like, you actually think, like, you know, what are you going to say that they haven't heard before? You know what I'm saying? Just take it on the chin, you know, and pay it. I did want to tell you this one story. This has been on my bullet list for quite some time, too. But, you know, I think I was talking to a a friend that was there about it the other week. And I was like, I'll talk about it now. When I, when I was a member at the, the, the country club, it's not like it's my job. I can't name what it was. It was Lulu Country Club in, in Glenside. And, and it was, man, what a good time. It was a good three years that I had there. It really was. Because all we did was just play golf and get trashed. And we used to have, like, two uh, trips a year. One I didn't go on. They would go down to shore in the summer. I, I never went there. But we used to do this one in the fall that was kind of, like, up towards the mountains. There's this place called Hideaway Hills. And it's such a cute little – it was like a mountain type of course, but it was uh, it, it, the, the, the whole resort – it wasn't a resort by any stretch of the imagination. They, they had these little, like, bungalows that sat right on the property. They would have, like, weddings there and shit like that. And these bungalows were like <laughs> – Abraham Lincoln lived in these fucking things. They were, they were 200 years old. But it was, it was you know, it was, it was charming. <laughs> so we would go there for – we would get there on Friday morning and we would leave on Sunday afternoon. So Friday we play 54 holes. Saturday we would play 54 holes. And then Sunday we play 18 before we would skate. Usually watch the Eagles game before we left. And we would just get fucking trashed all day and, and just play and just play for money, you know. And it the one thing was that we went up there in like October. So it was like the weather was hit or miss, you know, it was like, you were either going to get like, it would be like 55 and sunny and perfect, or it would just be cold and rainy and miserable. Well, one day we, it is Saturday. I think the one time we went on this trip and it was, it was about 45 and like light rain, you know? And the only time we weren't playing was a flat out rain out. Like shit, we would play in that, you know? So we're drinking, you know, whatever. And there's this one hole on that course that's like a par three. It's probably about 200 yards, but it's like a, it's like a 500 foot drop. This, it, it's, un, it's just a view of it is unbelievable, but like, you know, it's, it's a huge drop. It's a really nice and scenic hole. It's fun hole to play too. 
so it's 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 raining you know a little bit and it's it's cold and like when you got into the cart to get down to this thing you were on like a steep incline so you had to kind of it was like a little sidewinder cart path it was like a little snake type of road and we were the cart in the back and i'm riding with this guy vin (laughs) he's a little italian guy man he was oh god he was he was that guy was a piece of work we used to call him the tan because like I, i guess it was because he was italian but like once it got into the season you know, and that guy would get like, he was, he was borderline a black guy. <laughs> just like, you know, so we're like, yo, where, where's the tan? Like <laughs> we called him the tan. <laughs> Funny. So anyway, I'm riding with him and we were the cart in the back. Right. And we all hit our shots and we go into the cart. Now we're going down this steep side winding little fucking road. And as soon as he pressed on the gas, like we started sliding like the like, cause the, the cart path was slick from the rain and, and this, the, the hill was so steep. We're like, fuck. <laughs> like like I'm like dude just go two miles an hour down the hole he's like oh believe me i am right so we start to go we're sliding a little bit he's driving because i i never like to drive the car I, i'd just rather be the passenger you know and so we start sliding and he he, he fucking grabs onto my arm i'm like hey guy like fucking no homo like <laughs> what are we what are you scared <laughs> you know so we're, we're going down there very 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 cautiously now we're sitting here wondering what the cart ahead of us is doing. I'm like, are they down at the bottom yet? Where did they go? Cause like they disappeared. Cause we started going so goddamn slow because we noticed we were sliding right away. Well, these guys, I guess they didn't, they didn't get that memo and they <laughs> just went down the goddamn thing full speed. Right. So we're sitting there creeping down the thing, creeping down the thing. Now you got to keep in mind. It's like a side winding, like snake type of cart path, you know? So we're, so we're driving down this fucking thing. And as we're approaching like the one turn, all, all of a sudden, <laughs> on the cart path we start seeing like loose pretzels and fucking like cans of beer and all kinds of shit i'm like what the fuck is going on i'm like oh no because <laughs> we didn't hear anything you know it was a tree falls in the forest type of situation you know I- i'm like what's going on here so we start to <laughs> we start to fuck we start to get like you know t- to the point where they're in our fucking yeah they flipped the cart <laughs> They flipped him right on the side. And as we're pulling up, there was this one guy, Frank, right? I guess he was driving the fucking thing, right? And he, he, I even took a picture of this and posted it on Facebook. And I was like, in case anybody was wondering how the golf trip went, <laughs> the dude's standing there, right? And he's, he's like, he's kind of like resting his elbows on like the cart, uh, the tire of the cart that was in the air because the thing was on its side. And the guy that he was riding with was nowhere to be found. And he's just looking at, he had a look on his face like a disappointed father. I'm like, guy, you were the one that, <laughs> like, you, this is on you. You're not disappointed in anybody else. And by the way, where, where the fuck's the other guy at? Did he fall off the fucking cliff? <laughs> what do we do? Are you mourning his death? Is this why you have this, this look on your face? The cart was on top of the guy. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me see if I got this, this straight. You flip the cart. This guy could be potentially be dead underneath his cart right now, and, and you're just sitting there looking disappointed. Like we, you, you didn't go try to save him. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> so me and the tan got out, and we 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 went over, and you know we we flipped the cart up on the side. He, 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 the guy was fine. He didn't get hurt or anything like that. He was just in a situation where he was stuck, like he couldn't get out. I'm like, hey Frank, like don't 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 help the guy, you know. You, he was sitting there minding his own business and you flipped him on his fucking face. Now nah, you're on your own there, chief. You, you can get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck? But not to go backwards, but when I was just mixing and mastering this last 
20 some minutes <laughs> i turn on the tv because once in, it once it's in mastering like mixed down i have to listen to the whole thing you know um but then for mastering i just set it to the compression i want just push the button and just wait so as i'm waiting i turn on the tv and parking wars is on <laughs> and it just made me relive this one thing when i was down there and this is why the the line at the impound lot takes so fucking long because you were it, if you have your voucher to get the car off of the lot, you have to show license registration and insurance. And that is the hold up every single time. Like like they never have all three. The people never fucking have all three. And then and then when they're told they don't have it, it's the person's fault that fucking you know. So I'm watching this one, right? And this dude, he looked like Which barber shop was it when they stole the ATM? I wanna say that that was two Maybe it was one. No, I don't even know. It was one or two. I forget. But the guy that when uh, Anthony Anderson got the thing, the ATM on his foot, that big, huge black dude that was coming down the stairs. He's like, come on, man. Like <laughs> he couldn't squeeze by him. He looked like that dude. So he gets up to the thing and she's like, all right, you know, you have your, you have your little thing there. So give me your license, registration and insurance. And he gives it to her. And she's like, yeah, this, this, this insurance expired eight months ago. He's like, oh, it's just the wrong card. I I got insurance. I got insurance. She goes, okay, well, you know, I need the, the actual like card that's to date. He's like, man, I don't got. I got insurance. I got insurance. I'm like, and I was getting frustrated just watching it because this this is the shit that happens. They just start arguing. It's like you don't have insurance. Like you're not going to talk your way out of it. So she runs. You know, she called the insurance company. He's like, is it with the same company? And he's like, and he's like, yeah, it's with the same company. She she calls the company. He's like, he hasn't he hasn't paid a bill in eight months. So he knew he didn't have insurance, and then she goes, "Well, sorry, you ain't got insurance. You're not getting your car back." He's like, "See now, you're 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 faulting me for something that, you know, you're faulting me for something I didn't even know about. That that's just crazy. You, you're in the wrong." It's like, no, <laughs> these people don't fucking understand. So here's what happened. She she was like, "All right, now you got to go. You go. She, yep, you know, whether you do it with this company or somebody else, you got to go get insurance, or you're not getting this car back." So the guy leaves. He comes back in a half hour, and then he got it from Safe Auto, which means. They have to fax the application over, and then he's got to sign the application. They got to fax it back, then they got to put up the fucking proposal and declaration. But he got to fax it back. Fact, it's like a fucking hour and a half. Meanwhile, while all this stuff is happening, they don't like say, "Oh, we'll serve the next guy." While this guy's waiting, they wait until they actually quell that guy's problem before they move on to the next person. Which is why you're there for seven fucking hours. Like I said, I didn't mean to go backwards, but like that little skit there that I just watched while I was, you know, mixing and mastering because I was getting so frustrated. And the guy was like, I'm fucking hungry. I'm fucking hungry. And there's like vending machines in there. So they tell you like on the show, like time in the impound, in the impound lot. He was there for like two and a half hours. This guy had four bags of Cheez-Its, three bags of barbecue chips, and three bags of pretzels. And when he got his car back, he's like, now I'm going to go eat for real. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh God, some people, some people, people just don't know how to act. And speaking of which, it is time for the get off my lawn segment for the week. So here it is. What the hell is this? Get up. Get up. Get up. Get off my lawn. Now this, this, this one, I just don't understand. I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And you guys, you guys know how I am with commercials and i i've been actually backing up like these bad you know how i am <laughs> i rip commercials i got like three or four of them like in my back pocket i've just been waiting to play for you guys but 
you know, an episode takes shape and I, I choose what I choose and it is what it is. But anyway, this commercial, I had no fucking idea. This kid that was in this commercial looked exactly like Joni Cunningham. You know, like uh, Joni loves Chachi, like on Happy Days. She looked just like her. All right. Now, this kid, she's sitting in her bedroom. I, I don't even I don't even understand what's being advertised here. She's sitting in her bedroom, okay, and she's got a hand mirror, like one of those hand mirrors. And she looks in the mirror and she notices she's got like a little little, little mustache coming in. She had like a like a little little Julio, you know, coming in there, you know. And then, you know, she's got this look on her face like she's all depressed, like, oh my God, what am I gonna do for school? And blah, 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 blah. So she gets all like upset. You could see it in her face. Then she starts looking around her room, and on her TV is Eddie Murphy, you know, with, with his signature mustache. Then she's looking around and at somebody like poster on her wall. The guy's got a mustache, you know, <laughs> and then she looks around. There's a bobblehead of Freddie Mercury in her room and he's got the mustache. So she looks around. She's like, oh, you know, everybody else has a mustache. So can I? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. What do we? <laughs> oh, God. Men are women, women are men. Uh, I, I, men can get pregnant. Men have periods. I, I just, I, I, I got no fucking reason why. So once she sees everybody else has the fucking mustache, she's like, ah, it's fucking great. Oh, now, now, now it's going to be a fashion statement. So the next day she goes into school and she kicks the fucking door down and she's dancing like nobody gives it. Like she's dancing through the room in front of the students like, yeah, motherfucker, I got a mustache. What are you going to do about it? It's like, what, what, are, what are we, what's going on? <laughs> what are we advertising here? Right? And she sits down and they, and they do a close up of the fucking mustache, which, which was fucking grody. And she smiles and she's got a gap tooth commercial over oh <laughs> i had to hit the button on the remote i got like a little like a little, you know 30 second rewind thing and i got on my you know my verizon remote and i i just i'm like i gotta, I gotta watch that again because hey what pro, what product are we pedaling here and two how do you have what do you what are you pedaling here like women's uh, mustache grooming products what is this it was an amazon prime commercial yeah in what? What are people ordering mustaches from Amazon? I I couldn't understand why why that commercial had anything to fucking do with the price of tomatoes. Like, what, what do they have to do with Amazon Prime? Nothing. Fucking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll play a couple of those commercials because there's some. Uh, these and, and and the commercials that I have saved up for you, a, a couple of them are ones that like you'd be surprised that they were from today, just with with the subject matter and shit like that. And, and you'll see, you'll see if I decide to play that, but I might or I might not. But it's time for that's fucked up. On today's episode of how fucked up is fucked up. That's fucked up. As I said before the commercial break, there's this one friggin' character that just never seems to go the fuck away, and he's in jail. How could he be so prominent and present when you're in jail? I just don't understand that. But Joseph Maldonado Passage, a.k.a. Joe Exotic, a.k.a. the Tiger King, has surfaced again. 
And I, I just don't understand why this guy won't go away. Like, I think that he really, because he was, he, I'm not sure if he was, but he was in jail, like, when the show aired. And I think he got, like, a false sense of what he, like, really was to the world. I, I've, I've talked about this guy on the show before, where he just thinks that he's, like, this rock star. And it's like, dude, you were a, you were a flash in the pan. You were, you were a popcorn fart. And the only reason why you were was was because it was the first day of lockdown. We didn't know what to do. We had nothing to do. So we watched your freaking white trash fucking train wreck. You know, and maybe for like a, a couple of weeks, everybody talked about it because it's what everybody was watching. We were locked down. And then that thing just fizzled out. He was done. You know, and I, I think I told you when he was, he was in, I gotta get back out to my fans. <laughs> like, 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 like he's the fifth Beatle. Right now, when he was on the show, if you remember, this guy was like a stout Republican. He even ran for mayor of whatever freaking redneck town that he lived in. And he always talked about Donald Trump, how much he loved Donald Trump. He's the greatest president ever. And he's like, I'm going to ask President Trump to give me a pardon so I can go out there. Carol Baskin killed her husband, and I'm sitting here in fucking jail. Well, hey, you hired somebody to murder her. That's, that's, a, that's a crime. <laughs> you know, you also killed exotic animals and you and you rang up 22 years in prison for yourself because you're the tiger king and you had five minutes of fame you think it's like oh but he's going to pardon you <laughs> and it was funny when they when they asked president trump about it they asked him about it like in a, a white house briefing and he's like yeah yeah, yeah i'll look into it yeah okay <laughs> look, he, he didn't even think twice about that fucking guy right so he doesn't get the pardon, and then you know Trump leaves office. Biden comes in, and then all of a sudden, it's 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 Trump sucks. Trump's an asshole. I fucking I, I, you know I, that guy fooled me. I thought he was gonna be I thought he was gonna be a, do the right thing, get me out here to my fans, and he didn't pardon me. And <laughs> hates Donald Trump now. So what did he do? He turned to Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden, uh, I love you. I'm 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 a Democrat. Um, could you give me a pardon so I can get out here to my fans? And as I always say, we all know that guy's as fucking confused as a fart in a fan factory. He don't even know who Joe Exotic is. Joe, 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 Tiger, Tiger, thing, man. You know the thing, the thing. He don't know who the fuck he is. And he's not going to pardon him anyway. And I think Joe Exotic knows it. So what did he do? He announced that he is running for president <laughs> in 2024 live from prison which you actually can do i found out you can you can act if you're in prison you can actually run for president which i think is hilarious but he's gonna run for president <laughs> he's gonna get 14 votes i still got 14 fans left like fucking jesus christ there guy <laughs> oh man the fact that a gay gun-toting tiger king meth head redneck can run for president and not only that run for president from prison it's fucked up when I was talking about Mario Brothers <laughs> and the Asian guy that was on Mushrooms that created it I it, it, it rang in my brain for this one joke that I had. Because I remember when I told you guys the joke about the altar boys and the Phillies tickets. 
And that, that joke just happened to pop in my head that day, and this one just popped into my head now. Oh, it's a fucking racist joke, Jesus Christ. So anyway, <laughs> there's this woman, right? And she can't get a date no matter, no matter what she does. She just cannot get a date. She's like, what do I smell? Like, what the fuck? She couldn't get a date no matter what she did. And she's kind of like, you know, complaining to her girlfriends about it. And she's like, man, I, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what, what am I doing? I, I don't know what to do. And she goes, and, and, her, and her friends are like, you know what? You, you should go see Dr. Wang. And she goes, who the fuck is Dr. Wang? Like, he's this guy. Like, he'll either fix you to the point he'll tell you what you're doing wrong or he'll put you in front of somebody who can't. The guy's amazing. You, you just got to go to him. He's one of those doctors that can do anything. You know, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, he'll help you. She goes, all right, I'm fucking willing to try anything at this point. So she makes an appointment with Dr. Wang and she goes into the office and she sits down. And he goes, oh, what the problem? And she goes, I don't know what it is. I I just can't get a date no matter what I do. She's like, I can go out in the middle of the street naked. I, I can't get a date. I don't know what the fuck it is. And they go, oh, it's very interesting. Okay, uh, take off all your clothes. And she goes, what? <laughs> take off all your clothes. And she's like, what do we take off all my clothes? She's like, well, my friends did, you know, my friends did refer me to this guy, so I, I might as well do what he says. Maybe it's going to work. I don't know what to fucking do. So she takes off all of her clothes. She's like, okay, now get down on all four and crawl back and forth from wall to wall really, really fast. <laughs> She's like, what? She's like, you got me like a dog here, like crawling around like a dog? What am I doing here? <laughs> you know? She's like, all right, well, he knows best. I mean, I was referred to him. I'll go do it. So she starts crawling across the room from wall to wall, back and forth, back and forth, really fucking fast. And he goes, okay, I see the problem. And she goes to sit back down. She puts her clothes back on. And she's like, Doc, what's the problem? And he goes, you have Ed Zachary disease. And she goes, fucking Ed Zachary? Who the fuck is Ed Zachary? She said, what's, what's Ed Zachary disease? And he said, it's when your face look Ed Zachary like your ass. <laughs> <laughs> My dad told me that when I was like 15. I, I fucking lost it. I, <laughs> I fucking lost it. Something happened the other day where I was a day late. I, I just completely forgot. And this is something that we, and I found out we don't do this like around the world. Only America does this. And and rightfully so. I mean, meaning like I, we should be more like Europe and the rest of the world in, in this respect. The forgetting someone's birthday. All right. I, listen, <laughs> I kill a lot of brain cells. Number one. Number two, I don't have people's birthdays written down, you know, because I, I, I'm not a birthday guy, like, to, to begin with. I just, for some reason, I never felt right on my birthday. Like, I just want it to pass because, it, like, it's just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just don't, I don't feel right on my birthday. And it's like everybody wishes you a happy birthday. Okay, great. That's great. You know? In fact, I've even stopped wishing people a happy birthday on Facebook. Fuck them. Fuck you. <laughs> Look, man, it, you know, there's certain people like like my best friend, Jay, we have the same birthday. Okay, of course, you know, of course, like we're going to the Phillies game this year, you know, on our on our birthday. Right. Um, you know, and, and other friends and family, of course, you know what I mean? But like this whole thing with the like, you know, getting mad at somebody because you forgot a birthday. You know, a lot more shit going on in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't if i remember great hey happy birthday you know but at the same time it's it's just such a pointless pleasantry you know it's like someone calls out happy birthday oh thanks then what 
okay. So if I don't say that, you're mad at me. But if you do say, oh, thanks. I just don't understand it. We got, we got to get rid of it. We got to get rid of it, you know, because like I said, in Europe and shit like that, they don't like, they actually laugh at us. They're like, they actually get mad at each other. If they like, don't say happy birthday. It's like, all right, look, man, let's just put it this way. If you're 11. Okay. I, I get it. I, you know, like if you're a father and you forget your eight year old son's birthday, that's, that's pretty big fucking deal. All right. But like, you know, like, like, you know, little, little Ray Ray down the street. If I, you know, <laughs> if I forget his, his, his 23rd birthday, uh, now I'm an asshole. I just don't get it. And Facebook made it absolutely worse. Like they made it absolutely fucking worse. You know, because like now people feel obligated. Like I was telling you before, I said, I'm like, if I get three people, this is why I stopped doing it. If I get three people on my wall, right? Or, you know, three people that have the same birthday and I, I don't even fuck with two of them, then it's like, oh, now, now, you know. Just stop. Just stop with the birthdays all together. So what? You missed a birthday. I'm going to be 45 fucking years old. I'll get over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And here's one, ooh, one thing I forgot to, to, to talk about. Because I, I wanted to ask you guys about this. And this is more for, I, I guess it would be more for like people who don't work outdoors. Like, you know, people who work in offices and shit like that. But it, it could very well be for like outdoors too. Because I had this when I drove the tanker truck too. Where... And this is only, only, only in corporate. This is not a mom and pop thing, okay? But I, I got to know. Everywhere you go, it all, it, everybody, it, like every place you work for, they're going to have their own, you know, set of bullshit. It's just bullshit, you know? And we have this thing. We have this fun little thing where there's like three people in upper management who their sole job all day is to spy on us and find out what we're doing wrong or what we're not doing. It's not like what you did good. It's find out like where they fucked up so we can make a big stink about it. And they always find some fucking just something that doesn't even matter. It's just the stupidest fucking thing. And then they relay it to your manager and then the manager relates it to his team. Like, this is a big deal, guys. Like, we really have to, we really got to crack down on this. Right. And then, and then you start doing like the, the, the new process and you do it for like two weeks and then they forget all about it. And then they move on to the next thing. Oh, you guys aren't fucking doing this. You guys are pieces of shit. Anybody get this or, or do I just work in a toxic environment? You know, like I'll, I'll tell this part of the story in a second, but like, and, and then it just keeps on happening, keeps on happening, keeps on happening to the point where you're like, you know, then like after this, okay, so the, here's the next big thing. Oh my God. Everybody gets scared. And it's like after after you find the pattern and you start to see, it's like, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to do this for two weeks and they're going to find the next big thing. You start to get alligator skin. Like, it's it, you're not, you know, it's almost like a coach, like a coach that's in the room too long. Like, he, he loses the locker room because it's like after a while, you just stop feeding into the bullshit. And it's the same thing that's going on right now. So you get to a point where you're just like fatigued. Now, I had this, I had this, and it's the same thing for people. All right, I'll, I'll relate this to people who are in sales too. There's people who are in sales out there. You know, you like whether it's a month, whether it's a quarter, whatever you measure your periods of you know performance in. There's a number that you have to hit. There's a quota. And I remember, okay, <laughs> when I was driving that tanker truck, like sales and service. I was sales and service, so I had to sell my service, you know. And we had 20 day periods, and in those 20 day periods, you had to hit a certain number of like revenue, and it was for the whole team. Had to do you know whether you know, different departments and shit like that, right? 
and we would have a fucking meeting every Monday morning, right? And it was the last week of the period was always a fucking shit show. It was always like, oh my God, we're going to fucking, we're, we're this far behind. We're gonna, ah! and, and, and everybody is fucking flipping out. And I'm like, who, <laughs> you fucking people are crazy. You know, and in the beginning, you get that way because, like, you're a newer employee. Like, fuck, man, we we, we got to do this. We have to. And then after, and then here's what happens: at the very last day, at zero hour, you hit the number, and then the email goes, "Oh, great job, guys. Have a good weekend." After, for, after all that commotion, great job. Have a good weekend. When Monday comes, and you have that fucking first period fucking production meeting, and like, look, guys, look, we we really need a big period here. We really need a big period. And then you would do the same thing. This the last week, they're flipping out. You know, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do this, and you hit it at the last second. Great job, have a good weekend. And then the next day, we got to have a big period. We got to have a big period. When do we not have to have to have a big period? You know, like after a while, that shit just loses its zip. In this role that I was in before I was in the role that I'm in now that I was in before when I was in that role before when I was in that role before. <laughs> It was a sales job, and it was like, you know, like every month, like we got to hit our number. We got to hit our number. Oh, we got to have a big month. We got to have a big, when do we not have to have a big month? I went down a rabbit hole there, but what I'm saying is I had this fucking, okay. I had this sales rep, okay, and she's she is known company-wide as a cunt. She is a cunt. All right. And I had an account with her and and I've worked with her before. And it was that time I had that bad neuralgia belt. I missed three days of work. Like I was in bad shape. It was a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So each day I put up an out of office. So if somebody emails me, they get an automatic reply saying, I'm out of the office today. I'll be back tomorrow. And then, you know, I just kept on set each morning. Right. So I came back. Now here's the thing. You miss, you miss one day in my role. You're fucked. I've said this before, but I missed three. So just for me to dig out of my emails was going to take a half a day. That's how many emails. Like I, I probably get 80 to a hundred emails a day, you know? So I'm going through that and I'm sifting through, sifting through, sifting through. And she emailed me like 11 times, you know, about this account. Cause we had just gotten the website proof back and it was blah, blah, blah. So she's like, are, are you not getting my messages? What, what's going on here? I want the fucking problem. I'm like, uh, out of office. Did you get, did you get that one? cunt which she totally did and she's like you usually take amazing care of our clients i don't know what's going on i'm like i'm out of office cunt bag right so finally when i dig out of all my emails when i got back that thursday i sent her an email back and then the last email that she sent to me when i had my out of office up she goes don't worry about anything you know she's like i i, I called our domain team we got the website live don't worry about nothing. Right. So I get back and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you were on my list of people to get back to today. I'm like, as you saw, I was out of office for the last three days. You know, I was like, you know, I'm sorry that nobody else reached out to you or whatever the case may be, but it looks like the account's in good shape now, you know, but I had, I had, you know, I told her what was wrong with me and she comes back. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing okay. Yeah. I thought something was up. Cause you're usually on top of your stuff and, and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, the website's live. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Bye. Okay, good. I can close that case and get her the fuck out of my life, right? A week later, a week later, my boss calls me and he goes, "Yeah, you had you had an account with this with this lady." I'm like, "Yeah." 
And she goes, well, she just emailed me, my manager, his manager, and his manager. She went all the way up to the VP. I said, for what? And, and, and he goes, well, she said that, like, you know, she'd been trying to reach out to you and you just you completely ignored her. And, you know, she hasn't heard from you and all this other shit. And I'm like, oh, I am going to fucking kill this bitch. I'm like, because I have everything. I save everything for this reason. Because in my company, sales reps really try to throw us under the bus no matter what the fuck happens. They stub their toe. It's our fault. You know? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, stay tuned. I'm about to flood your inbox with every communication that I had with her. And by the way, as you know, I had an out of office up for three days. Okay. So the first it's the out of office replies. Then I sent the thread of, of me saying like, I, I was out of the office for the last three days. You were on my list of people to get back to. I had this wrong with me. All right. That, you know, everything's good with the account, blah, blah, blah. She came back with, oh, I'm so glad you're feeling better. Oh, this is great. Oh, well, okay. And then a week later you, you go to this. I, I'm not, well, I, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. So I was exonerated pretty much. So like they basically, oh, okay. All right. So it's, it, it was a false alarm, right? A month later, a month later, this is this is when they were on the war path about the the, the, the the next big thing that they were going to find that we were doing wrong. And my manager's manager, I guess it was his job, like find something on somebody, like on everybody, just so they can like, you know, like that. that's what they think their job is. They think their job is to just like find all the wrong and what people are doing. And that's just not, it's a toxic environment, number one. And number two, you know, it's like, how about the good shit that they do? And like, you're focusing on all the wrong shit, you know? So I get a call from my manager. This is a month after. Okay. And he's like, yeah, that account you had with that lady. I'm like, we're, we're bringing this up again. And he's like, yeah, he just told me like, you know, I, I had to, I had to talk to you about it. Like, like make sure you talk to him about this. I'm like, guy, we talked about this a month ago and I cleared everything up. I wasn't even in the wrong. I exonerated myself. Why are we bringing this up again? A month later. Do you really see how how fucked up this shit is or what they're just looking for dirt? He's like, yeah, I know, but we, you know, we just gotta, we just got, I'm like, we just gotta what? And I said that to him. I'm like, cause I can, I can get candid with him. I'm like, for what? I'm like, I'm like, this is something that was, this is, this is, should never have been brought up the second time. It shouldn't have even been brought up the first time. But then when I finally sent you the email chain and all that kind of shit, okay, fine. But you're coming at me again for a month later for something that I cleared my name for. I'm like, this is just, you guys are fucked up. I'm like, why are we talking about this? And he paused for like 15 seconds. I'm like, because you got nothing. And I said that to him, because like, you got nothing. You, 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 this is like, I feel like Donald Trump right now. You know, like, oh, indict him. I ain't got nothing on him. Impeach him. I ain't got nothing on him. Impeach him. They ain't got nothing on him. You ain't got nothing on me. So why, why are we bringing this up again? And he had no answers. He had no fucking answers. And every time something like that happens and I fucking go back at him, he'll just be like, oh, well, we just got to, you know, uh, we just got And I'm like, every time you say that we just got to, we just got to, you're basically saying that what they're doing is wrong. They're feeding us a shit sandwich and we are to eat it and smile. And I don't do that. I'm, I'm sorry. You came after me for something that I, I was completely innocent on. And it's something that happened a month ago. And I said, and, and I said, and furthermore, I'm like, if you have to fuck, if you're trying to find dirt on people and the only thing that you can find on me is something that I didn't even do a month ago, I'd say I'm doing pretty fucking good. No. Does any of this shit happen to you people that work in corporations and offices? I, I, I got to believe that it does. And, and that's the reason why, 
you know, the movie Office Space is such a freaking smash hit even 30 years later. And that's all I got for you guys this week. Now I'm all fired up now. <laughs> and here's the thing. This is here's what's going to happen. My boss was just on vacation for 52 days. Like he left for a week and a half, right? So basically everybody else watches his team while we're away and then they're going to report on all the things that we did wrong while he was away. So I'm going to have to talk to him at some point tomorrow and find out that, oh, you, you wiped your ass wrong on Tuesday afternoon. That, you know, that's basically what it is. You're always being bitched at for shit that, you, that, that, that really has no skin in anything, anywhere whatsoever. I was actually on schedule for a one-hour episode for once in my life. <laughs> And now I got all fired up for this story. I'm already over eight minutes. There you go. You guys get another hour and 15 minutes because I just never seem to shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, boy. But I'm not looking forward to that. I am looking forward to next week because it's getting to a point, man, where not that I, I, I can't wait to do the episode every week anyway, but it's just like now I I've never been like this before. Like when it was Sunday and I'd wake up, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I do like a 20 minute segment on Saturday too. Cause I'm like, I'll wake up and like, before I go to do it, I get all giddy. I don't do that during the week, but I have been lately lately. I've kind of just been like, you know, I can't wait to fucking do it. You know, and don't get any ideas. I'm not doing two a week. All right. I actually struggled today. Just trying to put this together, figuring out what I'm going to use. And what I'm not going to use, you know, but anyway, here I go rambling again. You need to get a hold of me, uh, Christian at the C-Rod podcast.com. You can get me on Facebook messenger, or you can text or call me if you have my number. And as always, the C-Rod podcast is written, mixed, mastered, and produced by yours truly. Uh, what was the one thing there was, oh, oh, I got, I got bitched at by somebody last week. Some guy I don't know. It's always people who don't know that are bitching at me. Maybe the people who do know me are just being nice. <laughs> I don't know. But the guy bitched at me for bitching about weather apps. He's like, he's done it like three times. I'm like, yeah, well, it was three separate days with three separate... Like, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to out these people. <laughs> you know? They're getting paid for bullshit. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Okay. Well, you, you try coming up with an hour of material each week there, fucking genius. See what the fuck happens every time these people send me fucked up emails. I go after them, and it, I, I gotta believe I've never heard back from somebody. You know, I've never heard back from somebody that I, I talked about their email and fucking ripped them because I know they're never listening again. And it is, it, I don't care, I, I really don't care. But until next week, this is Christian Rodriguez saying, Be awake, not woke, beat your fucking kids, take care. Hey! <laughs>